You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and it's the last game of the season. Uh, We have finally made it here, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, man, I am so thankful to have Ian from Jet Central join me for the first time in what feels like decades. It's been... It's been way too long, my friend, and uh, you guys are coming off, you know, the Jets are coming off a big game, although it was lost, and we'll get into that, but first off, Ian, how have you been? How's it going? Steve, what's up, man? You're definitely right when you said, uh, you know, it's been way too long, but um, no, man, I'm, I'm doing doing really well, and I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Well, you know, definitely want to bring my favorite uh, Jets content creator on here. I think you've been doing a great job for a very long time. And, uh, yeah, your following's growing. And uh, you know what? There's a lot of buzz around the Jets. And, look, everyone, let's let's say for what it is. We're, we're not going to sugarcoat it. The Jets, for some time now, since the end of the Rex Ryan era, have gained a horrible nickname that many rivals in this <laughs> AFC conference as a We call the Jets the Jokey Jets. But you know what? I'm not going to call them that. Because I'm going to be real with you. What I, what I have been seeing from the Jets recently is literally making me shake a little bit on if the Bills are actually going to have a, a really tough time beating the Jets in this last matchup here. And it's, it's crazy. The AFC East title is on the line. Like, for the Jets to emerge late in the season, is it's not good news for the Bills, number one. So I want to say that. Um, the Jets aren't joking. I'm going to say that, ladies and gentlemen. I think that what I saw from them um, is a team that's starting to, they're starting to get it together. <laughs> and I'll tell you, this kid, Zach Wilson, I don't care what anyone says, I think he has an it factor. I feel it when I watch him play, and he makes things happen outside of the pocket. He has great pocket presence, too. Um, you know, it's, it's just a weird thing that happens in the NFL. It's almost like... <laughs> One quarterback declines, and then in comes a quarterback similar to him to take over. It's like, you look at look at what's happening. Russell Wilson's declining. And you got Zach Wilson. And you look at Roethlisberger. He's getting ready to retire. You got Josh Allen. You got Tom Brady. You got Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes runs around a lot. But you, you, get, you get what I'm saying. Another one goes, another one comes. And it's just this, this interesting thing that's happening in the NFL right now where quarterbacks are starting to emerge and they're coming out of nowhere. And it's almost like there's so many now. But, um, Ian, I, we got to talk about the Jets real quick. We'll talk about the Bills later. But um, a fascinating story 
And I have gone on the record saying multiple times that that in the event the Bills decide to move on from Sean McDermott, and I'm and I'm looking at I have to pick between, let's say, uh, Andy Reid, Robert Sala, right, and a couple of others. I I really do feel that Robert Sala is definitely in my top five of who I would want to fill that head coach vacancy. And you know, hmm. the record doesn't say a lot, and it sucks. We're going to get into the injuries later, but can you give me some insight on what has been your perception of this season as a Jets fan, um, you know, following from following them for so long? <clears throat> well, number one, you bring up a great point about all the quarterbacks. You know, I mean, there's so many young guys, too, like Justin Herbert's in there, Joe Burrow. The list goes on and on. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at this Jets team right now, and everybody kind of knew, Jets fans included, that this was going to be kind of a down year as far as wins and losses were concerned. You know, nobody was really having this Jets team go to go into the playoffs, double digit wins or anything like that. It was a rebuilding year, uh, obviously coming off of the Gase era, two wins. It was just a mess. Now, <clears throat> we actually did bring in a lot of free agents like Corey Davis, a lot of, lot of different guys, tons of draft picks as well. But unfortunately for this Jets team, literally, I, I, it seriously feels like half the team is missing. Carl Lawson done hasn't played a snap. Okay, he was the like premier free agent uh, that this team brought in in the offseason. Uh, Corey Davis, he's out for the year. Makai Becton played in one game this season, which was week one. George Fant, who was the backup left tackle, is now done for the year. Elijah Moore, Michael Carter. I mean, there, the list goes on and on. It, it's, it's seriously crazy. So I'm looking at this Jets team, and really the goal at the start of the season was – for me at least, you know, can we get better over time? If that's the case, even if we're my, even if the Jets are coming up short on the, on the scoreboard every Sunday, I'm okay with it. As long as the team is taking steps in the right direction, as long as things are starting to click now offensively with Mike LaFleur at the helm, uh, obviously he has a lot on his plate. First time developing a rookie quarterback, first time calling plays, first time, you know, installing an offense. He's a first time offensive coordinator and he's not like some 45, you know, he's not some 45 year old veteran that's been in the league for just years on end. He's, you know, he, yes, he has been on a multitude of, uh, multitude of different teams, but he hasn't done this. This is his first rodeo. He has a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. You're looking at this offense. There's not much talent there. Now you add that extra layer of injured players on the team and you know, the offense has done pretty good right now with a 21st total, you know, t- it, it 21st in offense when you look at just in totality. Obviously not great numbers, not even average numbers, just a little below average. But given the circumstances, I've been impressed. Defensively, though, it has been a complete disaster. I, I, I'm i not going to lie to you. I expected more from this defense. I expected more from Robert Sala, from a schematic, uh, just from a, just a production point of view. I mean, we're literally dead last, 32 out of 32. And, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say, I, I guess pressure is the right word. There was a lot of pressure from fans in the offseason to make sure that this defense wasn't too young, wasn't too thin at multiple different positions. And that's kind of been the case. You know, we lose Marcus May, bam, all of a sudden now we're, the safety uh, position is completely depleted. We just okay, don't have. Okay, real quick, real quick. That was the guy that I said to myself, I'm thankful he's not in that Bills game in the first matchup. I just yeah. wanted to say that. That, for me, I wanted to pause you there because 
it, it starts for me personally because of the way the league is. As it stands now, schematically, everyone's turning into Sean McVay. It's ridiculous, and I'm sick of it. But it is what it is. If you don't have a safety helping audible plays and then communicating it down to your Mike linebacker, you're screwed. So I wanted to say real quick, if Marcus May was playing, and last time the Bills played the Jets uh, with Marcus May on the field, I'll tell you, he laid the lumber. And he laid it, he laid the lumber pretty pretty well uh, several times, and um, he's a safety I don't I hate going against. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to say that real quick. Continue. No, no, I actually think you're right. Marcus May uh, is a guy who's one of my favorite players. Unfortunately, he won't be back with the team next season because we're just not going to be signing him. Uh, super frustrating uh, to say the least. And you know, safety is one of those positions where I feel like it's kind of. Um, uh, people kind of talk about it like it's like some under some overrated position. It's not that uh, high on the positional value rankings and all that. But honestly, man, like I look at the safety position as extremely important with all all of the throwing today. I mean, you have to have good safety. I mean, look at the Bills defense, dude. Trey White goes down, and because you guys have dominant safety play from Mike Hyde and uh, from Poyer. I mean, the Bills, I don't want to say it hasn't missed a beat, but the Bills defense is still legit. It is still one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think a lot of that has to do with safety play. But going back to this Jets defense, it's been uh, abysmal. I mean, I I wish I could say this defense, you know, was making strides or something like that. And yeah, we definitely have a couple of nice young spots or, or nice young players at certain spots like Bryce Hall at corner. Michael Carter in the slot. He was a late-round draft pick this season. Uh, we have some solid guys in the defensive line. Obviously, Quinn Williams, but he has missed some time in the season. Uh, but overall, we need talent. We need we, we need some major upgrades this offseason, whether it's through free agency or the draft. But we have got to get that number up from 32. And frankly, I mean, some of the play calls have been questionable. Um just the defense has been a joke this season. So as crazy as it sounds, because my entire life, it's always been about Jets defense and the offense like struggling this year. It's kind of the opposite. Uh, but again, I don't want to overrate the offense too much because at the end of the day, we are uh, technically uh, below pretty much below average in tons of different ranks. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm the Jets, I don't, I don't change what I'm doing and I don't look at, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a bills fan, but I'm going to speak. Um, I'm going to speak as not a fan, right? If I am running the Jets, I don't care about Mac Jones. I don't care about Josh Allen. I don't care about what's happening in Miami. I want to build the best team I have in my building because it has been shown, history has shown it, that when you try to build your team to try to defeat a specific elite quarterback, you always end up falling short. The only teams that end up really doing well and making noise are teams that just focus on who they are and they get it done. They execute schematically. They take care of business at home and they're competitive in the division. And that was one thing for me, you know, like obviously the tables have turned a lot in the AFC East. Now you have the bills basically running the show, (laughs) but look, um, it was not always that way. We, We both know. There was literally no team that could stop Brady and Belichick, except for two seasons, right, with Rex Ryan in the Jets. And mm-hmm. it was very short-lived, but it's like, I felt like Rex got so obsessed with trying to defeat Brady that it's just like, those are two games out of the season. 
let's just be honest. What if you just take care of the rest of the season? And yeah. let you hypothetically go, you, you know, you hypothetically end up going 14 and two, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just saying that to say it, but look, the reality of the situation is if you got talent, build on your talent, make it happen with the guys you have and, and, and build a culture. And I feel like that's something that the Jets, I think they're starting to figure out and it definitely starts up top. And, you know, second, it starts with your quarterback. And I want to talk about this uh, Bucks game real quick. So first off, everyone get the hell away from the Antonio the Antonio Brown headline. If that's what you want to listen to, go tune into another podcast, go turn on ESPN. We're not talking about that today. I want to talk about how the Jets gave the Buccaneers serious trouble. That started with Braxton Berrios and Zach Wilson wreaking havoc. This kid is this kid is I think he's electrifying watching Braxton Berrios play. I, I will say there are two plays for me that I, they made me scratch my head. And I know that I know they probably killed you watching it. It's a third quarter. It's a third and twenty, and Brady yeah. throws a dart right on the sideline. First down. Momentum's gone. Right. Second thing. Then you quarterback sneak it on fourth and two. Here's my prediction. I think, or my conspiracy. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Whatever. I think seriously that there was miscommunication up top to Zach Wilson. And maybe they were just trying to, maybe there was uh, someone said, oh, it's fourth and one, just sneak it. And I think the call, in, the call came in too early because you look at Salah on the other, uh, you know, on the camera afterwards and it's just, you could tell he's frustrated. Like what the hell just happened? <laughs> we got Zach Wilson. We got a, We got a speedy Barrios. He's swinging behind. I'm thinking, oh, it's a pitch all day. There's no way they're going to catch him on the outside and they sneak it and, and they pinch everyone in the, in the inside of the line. It almost looked like something that, you know, they just wanted to catch someone offside and then when they didn't, it was too late and they hiked the ball. It, it, it was so confusing to me. But, you know, the Jets barely lose to the Buccaneers. I think they're feisty. And, you know, I, the whole game, and I, I think they're ready to pull off an upset, and it doesn't happen. But look, it all starts off with your quarterback having that spark. Um, that was my takeaway from that game. I really think that there was something that I've been waiting to see from this kid all year long. And I sensed poise. I sense a level of maturity that he had finally reached that's going to translate into next year. Um, and, it, you know, he's going to be frustrating to deal with in Buffalo this week. I'll tell you that. So go ahead. Yeah, no, it should be interesting. Um, like we kind of talked about before, Buffalo's defense is like freaking great. Um, I, I feel like they do a lot of things really, really well. They know who they are, they have an identity. Leslie Frazier is one of my favorite coaches in the league. Just stern, level-headed. You're not going to get too high, too low with, with with Coach Leslie. The guy just looks like a statue on the sidelines. <laughs> uh, kind of reminds me of Todd Bowles back with the Jets, just standing in one place, just always has that same look on his face. But it should be interesting. I, I think really the, the key here for the Jets' offense um, is not turning the football over. I mean, if we start to press – I, and, you know, we throw whatever two interceptions at the end of one or we're going in halftime and the, the Jets offense as a whole has three turnovers or something crazy like that. The game's going to be over. And one of the themes that have been on display or that has been on display this season with this Jets team is starting slow. But we haven't really seen that in these last couple of weeks. And Mike LaFleur actually entered the box Um in the midway parts of the season. And since that point, the offense has looked a lot better. And just for you know some context and clarification, Mike LaFleur runs the entire offense. He calls plays. It's not Salah. You know, it, it's all LaFleur. And, you know, in, in reference to that fourth and two, 
<clears throat> Saul actually said after the game in a uh, presser that it was Mike's job to relay the message uh, message to Zach to get the ball to Barrios. Okay, so there was some miscommunication on that. And supposedly that play uh, had uh, an option for Zach Wilson to either keep it or give it to Barrios. But based off the defensive look, He's, he, you know, obviously pulled it and snuck it. Uh, but the problem was, you know, it's fourth and two. So the play shouldn't have really been called in the first place. I felt like they shot themselves in the foot. They're making things way too difficult uh, when, and of course, hindsight is twenty twenty here. But you could have kicked the field goal. Went up by three, uh, seven at that point in time. Maybe uh, made Brady drive all the way down the field. If he happens to get in the end zone, now you're going to OT as opposed to losing the game. But I got to be honest, I think if this was in, you know, week four, week five, week six, I would be pissed. I would be feeling, <laughs> but because it's week 17 and we're out of it, we're not playing for the East. We're not playing for seeding, anything like that. I understand the decision to go for it. I just hated the call, but no, back to this week, it, it should be interesting. My fear is actually on the defensive side of the football. I think Josh Allen is just going to um, hopefully not rip us apart, but that's kind of what I'm expecting, uh, both through the air and on the ground. Well, you know, I, I, I always, I always say this, you know, um, you got to play devil's advocate, you know, as a fan, um, as someone that really watches football, because here's the thing, if you got a middle linebacker that can make it happen, you're, you're going to, you're going to figure out and you're going to make some plays. And I really feel like that's something that CJ Mosley has done in the past versus Buffalo, um, it it really is going to come down to the defensive game plan. You look at what the Falcons did. You know, I'm, I'm speaking, uh, you know, objectively here. I really feel like the Falcons had, a, had an amazing game plan against Josh Allen. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, they literally shut Josh Allen through three interceptions last week. He had a horrible game. Horrible game in Buffalo where he's supposed to dominate. He had to dominate with his legs and hand the ball off to get points on the board. Like, it was, it was a surreal game. It, it, yeah, at the end of the day, you score points, you win. That's how the league is. You know, excuse me, that's how the game of football is. Like, I get it. But that's not the Josh Allen I want to see before we, we face a division opponent that literally is going to decide whether or not the Bills uh, <laughs> seed higher in the playoffs and also win the division. If the Bills lose and the Pats beat the Dolphins, that's it. <laughs> Patriots are back in the driver's seat again. It doesn't even matter if the Pats go out in the first round. It, they, they, we lost the division. So, you know, I, I really see that as a big deal. Um, and, you know, for me, looking at Josh Allen, it, it's, it's, let me tell you this. It has been probably one of the most head-scratching seasons as a Bills fan I have ever experienced. Games we feel like we should have dominated, we look subpar or we look atrocious. And then we blame it all on the offensive line. Like, no. The team as a whole needs to get his crap together. That's what everyone knew needed to happen. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting. There's If people believe that there aren't emotions going crazy in a locker room, you know, when, uh, you know, a season's going this way and that way, it's a roller coaster. No, man, I, I really feel like there's a lot of emotion that goes into the game of football. And it just doesn't happen on the gridiron. I really do feel like a lot happens in the locker room that affects everything. 
You look at what happened with the Jets and Adam Gase. You look at what happened with Brady and Belichick. You look at what happened, um, you know, Gronk's now playing in Tampa. Like, there's a lot of storylines that you could derive. Like, look at, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to go too deep into it, but look at what happened to Antonio Brown in the sideline. Like, we all know things can pop off. And I really feel like there were, there had to have been several occasions behind the scenes with this Bills team that ended up pouring on to the poor performances on the field. It was surreal. And to see the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, destroy Buffalo at Buffalo. At that point in time, I felt like we were going to be fighting for the second spot in the AFC East. And it's it was just a roller coaster from that you know from that point on <laughs> starting from the Jacksonville game in that point on but um you know I'll tell you this this game has the potential to either be a catapult or a shot in the foot going into the playoffs for the Buffalo Bills and I am praying it's not even in between <laughs> it's one or it has to be one or the other or I am just gonna I, I think someone's gonna have to go like. If we play bad, just pull the starters out, let the Jets win the game, all right? If we're playing good, win the damn game and take that momentum into the playoffs. We can't have this wishy-washy thing, and that's what's been happening with the Bills. It's been a very wishy-washy season. It's been super high emotional, um, and everyone wants to talk about, you know, the fans in the stands are having a great effect on Josh and all these things. Well, you know, I I think when, when teams have tape on you, and you air it out, and you're literally an MVP candidate the year before, they're looking at every single pass play you've ever ran because your run game wasn't stellar. So then you rely on your run game, and lo and behold, the Bills' run game wins last last week. But look, I'm looking at this Jets team, and I'm speaking objectively by saying that I think this team is going to be scary if they can figure out how to get marquee free agents within the next two seasons. I think if they do the same, and I want to close off with this for um, the next 10, 15 minutes here. Let's talk about it, right? This is a situation for you guys where you're looking into the offseason more excited than I, I, I feel like you have been in, within the last four seasons. Am I right or am I wrong? Oh, no, you're 100% right. I feel like everyone everyone felt 50-50 about Le'Veon Bell. You don't you don't get the the star at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, and and things just start to unravel little by little and it's just like, "Oh my gosh, this is it. Adam Gase has destroyed the Jets." And you guys have a situation now where I feel like you could mimic what a lot of um I I guess you could say smaller market teams do. Here's the reason. If you don't have the amazing quarterback, right? You got to get these guys that kind of fall. I guess you could call it the second or third round in free agency. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you have you have Gotham City. Everyone knows that. Some would argue it's New Jersey. That's neither here nor there. But the reality of the situation is this. All right. If you get guys, you could talk about Lawson last year. You get guys like the Bills have throughout the years, and they just kind of accumulated these these free agents that just fit the system, little by little, and they just started to matriculate their way back into the playoff talk, back into the playoff talk. I mean, Micah Hyde not getting re-signed by the Packers, Jordan Poyer, you know, falling out of the Cleveland Browns organization. Like you don't, you can't make this up. And these are guys that are literally Pro Bowl level, guys that are literally running your team now and winning the division. 
You know, if I'm looking at the Jets, you're that close. But again, is the Jets scouting good enough? Um, you know, this is where this is where I believe you're going to really see what your GM's made of. And if he can get on the same page with your head coach. Good. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you. I think the thing is, I don't know if we're if the Jets are going to look at free agency as almost like a fast pass, like fast pass to the to the to the end of the to the, you know to the end of the line, the waiting line. I think we're doing a slower approach through the draft, and we actually have the two first round picks because of the whole uh, Jamal Adams trade. We have we have two second round picks. Uh, you know, obviously ours, and then of course the Carolina Panthers for the Sam Darnold trade. We're going to have a really high third round pick, and then two fourths also because of the Darnold trade. So we have a lot of picks, man, like a lot of picks jam-packed in the first four rounds. Uh, we had some good development from some of the younger players this season, like Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, uh, the other Michael Carter on defense. And that's really encouraging. You know, can the young play, and, you know, Zach Wilson as well, Elijah Vera Tucker, like can the young players get better over time or are they getting worse? And I think because the answer is, yeah, they are getting better, that's what gets Jets fans excited. That's what gets people really, uh, you know, uh, turning their attention to this Jets team to where they're saying, hey, you know what, this this team isn't really a joke anymore. Uh, but I will say it is up to the GM. He's had some boneheaded moves. He's had some moves that have not worked out. Uh, but then again, he's had some, you know, pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome signings, pretty awesome draft picks. So it should be interesting to see how it all plays out. But um, exciting nonetheless. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, right? You look at a guy like Robert Sala, he has ties obviously with the 49ers. And I wonder how much that's going to play a part. I don't know who's on the radar coming off the 49ers roster, you name it, you, you know, whatever. But if you look at what the bills have done, I mean, the bills literally became the Carolina bills. <laughs> at one point, the bills were just signing oh, like close to 10 free agents and people to the practice squad straight out of Carolina because of the familiarity. And I think if he can get an opportunity to maybe get some guys out of there to come to to come to Gotham City, you know, that's the kind of that's also the kind of thing that's an aspect that I think can really help because when you get these brand new head coaches that you know they were uh, they were like you know offensive coordinators um, weren't in the league very long. Or they came out of college too, or whatever, and they get this 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 brand new spanking team, and everyone expects them to just be you know this hot commodity that everyone's going to want to sign there. Like no, it doesn't happen like that. Um, it's very rare, right? So I'm looking at the Jets, and I am saying, if they can get an edge rusher, if they can get a key guy to run the safety position again, and they trust their young quarterback, play to his strengths, get guys that play to his strengths, <laughs> not a guy that he has to generally adjust to. Like, you, you look at a guy like Stephon Diggs when he came into Buffalo. This was a guy that literally, right off the bat, they talk about it all the time, he clicked with Josh Allen. They need to find, I don't care if it's a tight end, if it's a wide receiver, if it's a running back, whatever. They need to find a guy that just clicks with Zach Wilson. And when they do, that's when I think you're going to start seeing this Jets um, team gather an identity. 
Um, the Bills have always been a, just a sneaky good defensive team. All they were missing for so very long was a quarterback. Everyone knows that. The Jets, on the other hand, um, I just feel like they got to get away from just this whole mystifying idea of we are in New York and we're the Empire State team. Like, I think they need to get away from that. And they need to figure out what the Jets culture needs to look like. Because they're always... I don't know. I just feel like the city is so polarizing to the players, right? If they if they lose a game, it's it's kind of like Philadelphia. But you got to find a guy that just fits the culture and more importantly, forces the fan base to have some freaking patience. Right? You look you look at like what's happening in Philadelphia um with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> they clinched a playoff spot. I kind of sensed that eventually it was going to start to gel with them, but you know, you're you're probably going to see the Jets, I think, in two years. I'm saying this now. I think the Jets can be a wild card team in, in two years. And a solid one at that. A team that no one wants to face. Look at what Cincinnati's done after Joe Burrow tore his ACL. If you're telling me that the Jets can't turn it around, you're crazy. The Jets definitely can. I know. Oh my gosh. A Bills fan, uh, a podcaster on, uh, of a Buffalo Bills network being optimistic about the Jets. Look, he's like a mini Josh Allen. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. He has an it factor to him that if you let him get loose, you let him get comfortable, he'll tear you to shreds. All right, so Ian, we're going to finish up here. Uh, look, I got, two, I got two scores, all right? You can give me one or two scores, whatever you want. But the first score if it is if it's lopsided, what's the score? And the second score is going to be if it's competitive. I'll begin. If it's lopsided, I got the Bills winning 34-14. If it's competitive, if I swear if anyone gets me at Twitter gets gets on Twitter and gets at me for this, I'm going to I'm going to come right back at you. I don't care. If it's competitive, I think the Jets win it 23-20. Yes, I have the Bills losing if it gets close. Here's why. I don't believe for one second if it's if it gets competitive that in Sean McDermott's heart of hearts, he starts to see his players get banged up, he's going to want to leave them in there. I think it'd be a bad idea going into the playoffs. That's just how I feel. Go ahead, Ian. So one thing I do want to throw in there, um, the Jets look like a completely different team on the road as opposed to being at home. And of course, you know, we could point to the youth and everything of Salah, LaFleur, Ulbricht, the DC, of course, you know, Zach Wilson, obviously. So, I mean, when this team is on the road, it just looks like there's a little bit more miscommunication a little bit more confusion and it, it sucks you know it's just watching that it, it, it's you I mean you always want to be consistent you know just as a fan of football or a fan of a football team but I think if it's a blowout I'm going to say Buffalo Bills 38 New York Jets 10 uh if it's competitive I'm going to say Jets 20 Buffalo Bills 27 wow no and that's really honest and look man we've seen the craziest games this season. You guys beat the Titans. Let's start off with that. The number one seeded Titans in the AFC was beaten by the Jets. Don't with Derrick Henry, by the way. With Derrick Henry. Remember what Derrick Henry did to Buffalo? Yeah. Okay. This is why I stand where I stand with the Jets. And look, we could talk. Ian, we could talk for two hours about this. 
It's a fascinating situation that's happening. The NFL is evolving, right? A lot of storylines are starting to build around a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of teams. <laughs> the Chargers, after moving on from Phillip Rivers, have a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, like teams that you thought, once they lost their guy, it was going to be over. <laughs> now, now I'm very interested into what's going to happen with, with, uh, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, because they're, they're one of those just polarizing franchises that have given trouble to everyone for so many years. So interesting, interesting stuff going on in the NFL. Um, Ian, just one more thing, please uh, give the audience a chance to know where they can find out your content. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, dude, I appreciate you having me on. It's definitely uh, not going to be the last time. Uh, and of course the invite is uh, always open to hop over on my channel as well. And I definitely want to do some more stuff this uh, this offseason, maybe after free agency or the draft or something like that. We could preview the AFC East. Um, but yeah, basically a YouTube channel, cover pr- pretty much all things Jets. It's called Jet Central. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well, official Jet Central, and then Twitter, uh, Jets underscore Central. Fantastic. Well, always a pleasure to have you on here, Ian. And ladies and gentlemen, this, rats, this wraps up, rats up, no, this wraps up another episode on <laughs> Buff Hub a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, just stop and listen. Go Bills. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.